welcome to the Trucking Made Successful podcast, where we explore different areas of the trucking industry and the freight market as we find new ways to navigate and, more importantly, survive the ups and downs of trucking. I'm your host, Miranda, and in today's episode, we're diving into part two of the topic of negotiating with a counterpart who holds the upper hand. We all know that it's becoming more and more challenging to get that rate you want when the market is seemingly turned against you. But does that mean that it's impossible? Absolutely not. It just means that you have to get your tools ready. All right, let's dive into some more tactics and strategies you can use to make these seemingly challenging negotiations a bit more manageable. So I was thinking about it, and I think the best way to help you understand these different tools you can use is to just go off of my personal real-life experiences in the recent months, at least as much as I can. First, we'll start with the creativity and thinking outside the box, if you will. We all are aware that sometimes we end up in markets where pretty much every load pays like crap. Now, just a few days ago, we ended up in St. Louis, Missouri, usually a more or less okay market for flatbeds, and every load was paying less than $2 per mile, at least to the places where we were willing to go. Often, we are all very concerned about going to a quote-unquote good market to have better luck in the next market. But what we forget, and I'm talking about myself here as well, is that the market is a fluid entity and it changes on a daily and sometimes hourly basis, which is infuriating. So before I start going off topic, let me return to my personal thought process a few days ago. Spoiler alert, I did end up losing that day and not booking a load because I have a very hard time thinking outside the box. And by the time I finally let myself get creative, it was just too late in the day. But the idea is valid. I know for a fact that most flatbed operators will avoid a place like Colorado, and for good reason. The loads from Colorado are usually complete crap. But from St. Louis, Missouri, there was a load to Denver, Colorado, 800-some miles, paying $2,800. So a few things at play here. I know that capacity issues no longer apply because most carriers will want to go to a good market area, and there will be very few to none wanting or willing to go to Colorado. This means that I have the negotiating power. Number two, Denver, Colorado is about 350 or so miles away from Phillipsburg, Kansas, a place where there are loads for flatbeds. Maybe not the best ones, but they're pretty decent. So my thought process was the following. Because I knew I had the negotiating power on my side to go to Colorado, I could have easily raised the freight rate from $2,800 to $3,000 or even $3,200. And if I include the deadhead from Colorado to Phillipsburg, Kansas, that would still be over $2.50 per mile. So lesson number one. In our industry, the market is not set in stone. It changes and we have to change with it, or at least change our mindset. Creativity, thinking outside the box, and fluidity is always going to put you in a better position than a carrier who is rigid. 
Now, I'll be honest with you guys, this is probably the most difficult tactic for me to follow. I like my box, I like clear-cut rules, and being creative and fluid doesn't come easily to me, which is why I failed to book a load from St. Louis that day. So now let's talk about alternatives. Having alternatives to the negotiation is crucial when dealing with a powerful counterpart. And unfortunately, in this case, brokers really are a powerful counterpart. They hold all the cards. Identify and develop viable alternatives that you can pursue if the negotiation doesn't yield the desired results. This knowledge empowers you and provides a fallback position, allowing you to negotiate from a position of strength. Now, I know what you're going to think, and you know what? I already agree with you. What kind of alternative can you have in a freight market that has absolutely ridiculous paying loads across the board for the most part, and carriers who are willing to transport those loads? Park your truck and wait out the storm? Maybe, if your fixed expenses allow it. Skip the day and wait for tomorrow in hopes for a better load? Perhaps, but sadly, we don't have a crystal ball that will tell us the future and what kinds of loads there will be in the market the next day. I want to start with alternatives that you can lean on in case negotiations with a broker go south. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a reefer and you're in Las Vegas, Nevada, a market that has very limited volume at the moment and just too much capacity. Whenever a load comes out, you and every other carrier jumps on it in hopes of getting their wheels rolling. What do you think the broker will do? Well, they're in a position of strength. They hold all the cards. So they will not even think of negotiating with any of the carriers. The broker also sees the load board. He knows that there are too few loads and too many trucks, so he has absolutely nothing to worry about. You have no power here. What are your alternatives? Okay, so alternative number one, you can deadhead to a better area. For example, California is about 200 to 300 miles away, depending on where you go. And currently, California is a pretty decent market for reefers. So you know that if you're not able to grab a load today from Vegas, you can deadhead and get a good load tomorrow from California. Just remember, a good alternative is only good when it's beneficial to you. So when deadheading to another area, make sure that the load you end up grabbing covers that deadhead as well. Okay, alternative number two. Increase your search radius or deadhead miles and see if there are any loads that are a bit farther out than you would usually travel. Many carriers stick to the 150-mile radius when looking for loads, and expanding the search to 200 miles can make all the difference, especially if it's early enough in the day where you can actually do that deadhead and be on time for pickup and delivery. I cannot tell you how many times expanding the search radius from 150 to 200 miles doubled the amount of loads on the load board for me. Finally, alternative number three, wait it out. Now, this is an alternative I have mastered, and I'm not shy to say that I am the queen of waiting. If I see that a load board is bad in my market and there is nothing to choose from, 
I start checking the next day's loads while simultaneously waiting for something to come out that same day. If I see that tomorrow there is a load that covers today's lost day, I will grab it. If not, I will wait for those stress sales, and more often than not, these stress loads end up paying way higher than the market rate. Now, a word of caution. While waiting can be an excellent way to get the rate you want, it's also the most risky strategy out there. I have had multiple instances where that waiting game ended up in a lost day, especially in areas or markets where I didn't really know the area, I had no experience. So in order to get good at this strategy, you need some experience. Back in 2019 and 2020, Pennsylvania was the best area for those stress loads. I knew that if I waited until around 4 to 5 p.m. with our reefer, there would be some crazy load that would come out because either the original carrier fell off the load or the shipper decided at the last minute that a load needs to be shipped out. Now, building off of this idea of waiting, it's important to have knowledge of the environment. For example, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and Baltimore, Maryland, stress sales are more likely due to carrier falloffs. Why? Well, because of traffic. If you're in the right place at the right time, meaning close to the shipper, you might find a load that is insanely good. Carriers will grab a load and then get stuck in traffic, not being able to make it on time to the shipper, and there you are, 20 miles out. Make sense? Minnesota in the winter, more likely to have stress sales. The cold weather over there, paired with the fact that many carriers operate older trucks, means that there will be breakdowns. So knowing your environment will be the best way to come up with alternatives so that you can negotiate from a place of strength rather than a place of desperation. Finally, and most importantly, we have the idea of identifying the walkaway. A huge issue in this industry is that many carriers have completely forgotten about this point even though it's the most important one to remember. So what is a walkaway? In negotiation, a walkaway refers to the point at which a party decides to end the negotiation and not proceed further. It is the course of action that a party will take if the negotiation fails to produce a satisfactory agreement or if the terms being offered are unacceptable. In our line of business, the walkaway should always take into consideration your cost per mile. This is another huge issue that many new carriers, especially, fail to realize. Your cost per mile will tell you exactly how much money you spend for each mile you drive. And if the rate per mile you're getting from the load is below that cost, you're on your way to going out of business. That I can guarantee. So let me give you an example. If you spend $1.50 per mile for each mile you drive and the broker offers you $1.45 per mile on a load, you should know that you will be losing $0.05 cents for each mile that you drive. Now, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but let's say it's a 1,000-mile run. You just lost $50. Bucks. 
Yeah, you actually just paid $50 to move this load. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? So knowing your cost per mile will give you an idea of what your walk away should be. That brings us to the end of the second part on negotiating when your counterpart has the upper hand. Remember, even though the freight market seems to be completely on the brokers and shippers side, it doesn't mean that you are doomed. Using a little creativity, being mindful of your walk away, and finding good alternatives will put you ahead of other carriers in the market. And one more thing, markets like these, they don't last forever. I know it seems like it, but they do not last forever. Trust me, soon enough, there will be a flip in the freight market and we will find ourselves in a position of strength again. Until next time.